0: This is fun. We should have definitely wee wooed before this.
1: Yeah, I mean, I figured when I was talking about like, I definitely have a bad kid in (laughs) mind.
0: We should we should record a preemptive wee woo to put in (laughs) before episodes. Like, hey, we're gonna let you know right now. There's some wee woos ahead that we didn't talk about beforehand. (laughs) So hold on to your butts, folks. I'm just
1: gonna take this part and put it at the beginning. So, how are your games going?
0: I'm real tired. I'm real tired. Mm-hmm. They're great. They're a lot of fun. I'm enjoying it a lot. It's just uh, a lot of rushing home from work and getting ready and getting on screen.
1: Yeah, I bet.
0: Panicking and. <laughs> so, other than that, doing great. <laughs> how, uh how's your streaming going have you been i know you were doing some drawing the other day didn't know if you've done anything since then no
1: i haven't i was planning on doing some this weekend but it just wasn't in the cards so i was gonna try to saturday or friday before um your game but then i forgot that i had plans for dinner so that got nixed so
0: well the people are waiting shall we begin (laughs) (laughs) Welcome to The Strange and Unusual, where we discuss the strange and unusual. This is episode 68 of our series, Seeking Out the Weird, the Unexplained, and the Devious from Around the World. I'm Casey. And I'm Roya. And today's episode is our first time trying out something new, and we decided to kick it off with a prompt Creepy Kids. So uh, be sure to check us out on our social media. We are on Instagram underscore, or sorry, we're on Instagram, strange underscore unusual underscore podcast. Twitter is underscore strange unusual. And you can find us on Facebook at strange and unusual podcast. We are also on Patreon at patreon.com slash strange unusual. And yeah, we'll be doing those things. They're a lot of fun.
1: Yeah. And Casey has uh, games on Thursday and Friday, right?
0: thursday and friday nights uh thursday night is at 8 p.m eastern time it's the midnight world um and then on friday nights i have the vampire the masquerade dark ages game at eight thirty eastern and uh those are both at twitch.tv slash gehenna gaming so come hang out with us and, uh, we're creepy
1: as always all of this will be in the show notes too for the spelling and everything but indeed Love to see you guys out there and supporting Casey and her uh, role-playing endeavors. Hell yeah. (laughs) So what are you talking about today, Casey?
0: I'm going to be telling you about the corpse of Rosalia Labardo.
1: That sounds familiar. Hmm.
0: Well, we'll find out how familiar it is. Fair. (laughs) Uh, What horrible thing are you going to tell us about?
1: Um, I am talking about the murder of Maddie Clifton.
0: That sounds bad, and like you should probably go first.
1: I probably should go first.
0: (laughs) All right, go ahead. Kick it off with a bang.
1: Okay, so on November 3rd, 1998, eight-year-old Maddie Clifton was calling her neighbor across the street to come outside and play with her. He agreed to come outside, but told Maddie that she could not come into his home because he wasn't allowed to have friends over when his parents weren't home. Ah, They played for a while, but he went back inside, having gotten upset over something while they were playing. He was the last person who would see Maddie Clifton alive. Maddie went missing in the suburb where she and her family lived in Jacksonville, Florida. Since she was a young kid, the police were pretty quickly involved with the case. Uh, I know that from what I read, her mother and um, older sister went around the neighborhood searching for her first, thinking maybe she had just wandered off she was a bit of an independent kid very athletic very into sports and so they were thinking maybe she just you know kicked her ball into the woods or something and didn't hear her mom calling her for dinner lost track of time you know we were all how old is this kid hmm?
0: how old is this kid eight Oh,
1: okay yeah and this was 1998 so this was oh man she's our age yeah
0: or would have been
1: yeah and so i remember it you know eight years old Wandering around in the woods with my friends, like, completely unsupervised and losing track of time. So I know what it's like to be kind of in that in that mindset, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, so they started going around, knocking on neighbors' doors, asking if anybody had seen Maddie, you know, where... She was seen last, just trying to figure out maybe she was at someone's home, they were watching a movie, and she lost track of time. This was a really close-knit cul-de-sac. This is not the kind of area where you would expect, like, and it's pretty, uh, pretty traveled. Like, lots of people, like, outside doing stuff. Not exactly the environment that you would expect a kid to just go missing without anybody seeing. Okay. Um, So the police started interviewing neighbors, and they found someone who had previously been arrested and charged a decade earlier for two sexual battery cases, but both times the charges were dropped. They brought him in several times for questioning and searched his house also multiple times and couldn't find anything to connect him other than he knew her. Mm -hmm. Um, And he had an alibi for the time that she had disappeared. Like a rock-solid alibi. Okay. He did, however, fail a polygraph test, but honestly, you know, polygraph tests are not the most scientific means of interrogating Absolutely someone. not. Um, so the neighborhood rallied around finding Maddie, too. Hundreds up to thousands of people were volunteering to search the woods, search dumpsters, and the neighborhood in general for six days. There were posters everywhere. Multiple billboards were put up, and even a fifty thousand dollar reward was la- that was later raised to a hundred thousand dollars.
0: Wow, that's big money.
1: Yeah, lots of appeals from her family, just like heart wrenching. You know, just let her go, give us our baby back, kind of mm-hmm. situation. Just gut wrenching. Appealing to
0: the to the empathy. Yeah, yeah,
1: and and also like reaching out, like speaking directly to Maddie. Saying like, "Hey, if you're if you can hear this, like we're not mad at you, just come home. You know, you're not in trouble. Things like that, too. Yeah. And um, but they had had no luck finding her. So a neighbor across the street um, was the Phillips family. They lived across from the Cliftons. There was a mother, father, and one son that I'm aware of. I couldn't find if there were any other kids. Um, his mother, whose name was Melissa was cleaning the house where the there had been some problems with getting her son Joshua to clean the room. He was fourteen year old fourteen years old and we've all been there, I think.
0: Of <laughs> just I, I was fourteen once.
1: Yeah, of just being like a gross young teenager living in your own filth.
0: Mine was mine was probably more depression than anything, but yes. <laughs> yes, I know what that was like.
1: But she had been trying to get him to clean his room and he just wasn't doing it. And so she decided while he was at school that she was just going to go in and start cleaning it up for him.
0: Oh no, I have a feeling I know where this is going, and I don't like it.
1: This was mainly due to the odor coming from the room. Oh no. Josh had multiple pet (laughs) birds, and like I said, he was a uh, 14-year-old boy. That can be a pretty smelly combination if you're not taking care of your animals. Mm. Um, While she was in there, she also saw that there was water on Josh's floor. And he had a waterbed. So she was worried that it might be leaking and had caused mold or mildew to grow, which was causing the odor.
0: God, do you remember fucking waterbeds? I do.
1: My grandma is the only person I knew that ever had one. And I loved, like, sitting on it and hanging out on it. But I think. Can you imagine sleeping 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 on 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 that shit? Yeah. I wonder
0: if they still even sell those.
1: I think you probably would have to go somewhere super specialized for specialized them. Yeah, yeah
0: the pool store <laughs>
1: <laughs> um so anyway she went over to investigate and saw that the end of the bed frame was being held on by tape indicating that it had been pried loose at
0: some point i really don't like this
1: <laughs> when she opened the tape she saw a sock sticking out she reached <sighs> forward to take the sock but felt that it was attached to a foot no Melissa ran out of the house and immediately contacted the police.
0: Uh, what? Okay. <laughs> I would take that in.
1: Josh was brought in for questioning. He confessed that he had murdered Maddie, but it had started off as an accident. He said that they had been playing together and he had accidentally hit her in the face with a baseball while they were playing cat. She started crying and she was bleeding and he panicked. And he dragged her into the house um, and took her to his bedroom and laid her on the floor. She was still crying from being hit in the face by a baseball and bleeding. Mm -hmm. And she was eight. And he didn't want to get in trouble for hurting her. And also didn't want to get in trouble for having someone in the house when he wasn't supposed to. So instead, he hurt her more. He beat her with a baseball bat to make her stop crying and then stowed her in the empty space under his bed.
0: You know what really helps people stop crying? Beating them to death with a baseball bat. This is fun. we should have definitely wee wooed before this. Yeah.
1: I mean I figured when I was talking about like I definitely have a bad kid in mind.
0: <laughs> we should we should record a preemptive wee woo to put in <laughs> before episodes. Like, hey, we're gonna let you know right now there's some wee woo's ahead that we didn't talk about beforehand. <laughs> So hold on to your butts folks. I'm just
1: going to take this part and put it at the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> okay, great. <laughs> um so when they recovered her body, she was only wearing her top and her socks. She was not wearing her shoes or her bottoms.
0: I don't like that. Um
1: and Joshua said that that happened because he couldn't she was too heavy for him to pick up, so he had dragged her into the house. And she had, like, her bottoms had just rolled off along with her shoes mm-hmm. while he was pulling her inside. Yeah. So his, I don't believe you. Joshua's father came home um, immediately after Joshua just beat this girl unconscious with a baseball bat, and Joshua left her under his bed while he went and interacted with his dad like nothing happened. Mm-hmm. When he came back to his room, he heard Maddie moaning under his bed, clearly still alive so he removed the mattress cut her throat and stabbed her seven times in the chest
0: i'm sorry what yeah i'm sorry nay no uh-uh <laughs>
1: according to the police and the coroner when they came out the way that she was posed underneath the bed she was still reaching for the wall and so she did not die at- immediately from those injuries oh, she was trying oh, to God, get out I hate that.
0: I hate that so much. Yeah, that's rough. I hope this kid burns. So I'm always disappointed when I say that.
1: <laughs> later, he was asked how he just went on with his life after killing Maddie. He talked to his dad like nothing went wrong. He went to school the next day like nothing happened, like he didn't have a body. I mean, he he existed for 6 days. This was day 7 of Maddie disappearing
0: sociopath levels of creep
1: yeah and so he said that he was in an absolute state of denial that he basically was just living in this fantasy land where none of this had happened that he just kind of broke and out of sight out of mind literally for him
0: yeah but the smell was still there pal
1: yep uh the police were able to retrieve both weapons he used to attack her uh was a leatherman knife from a kit and a and the baseball bat um so at age 15 joshua was charged with first degree murder of his eight-year-old neighbor maddie clifton
0: ooh haunted door haunted door i know i it sounds haunted on the microphone <laughs> proceed okay
1: so at age 15 joshua was charged with the first degree murder of his eight-year-old neighbor maddie clifton the prosecutors disputed some parts of joshua's stories feeling that there wasn't really any evidence that maddie had actually sustained an injury in line with being struck in the face with a baseball
0: oh okay yeah, and, interesting. Yeah,
1: and also there was a lack of dirt or grass on Maddie's body that did not support Josh's explanation that her bottoms had come off while he dragged her inside.
0: Yeah, I'm not believing that. I believe you're a 14-year-old boy and you're a sick little shit.
1: Luckily, there was no signs of sexual assault, so I guess that's oh, good?
0: That's good, question mark. <laughs>
1: yeah, that's literally my notes. I guess that's good, question mark. <laughs>
0: Hold on. Yes. Nice one, Juice. (laughs) (laughs) Proceed. He was charged
1: and tried as an adult. Oh, shit. Okay. On August 20th, 1999, he was sentenced to life in prison without the chance of parole. Turmoil has affected both families since the conviction. Maddie's parents divorced and Josh's father died in a rollover car accident. Wow. Wow. The the parents divorcing, it tracks.
0: Typical. Yeah, Yeah. it
1: happens a lot with, you know, a child loss like this, especially a violent loss, sudden loss. yeah Um, No one saw this coming either, which is the crazy part. Josh had never shown any signs of being aggressive or violent at all. No injured pets, no bullying, no nothing, nothing like that
0: interesting
1: he was always well adjusted in the moves that the family had had early in his life and he made friends and kept them easily Hmm. but there were some troubling things the main one that i read about is that joshua had been banned from the clifton household for a time
0: oh no i don't like that so josh
1: had been found in maddie's older sister's room uninvited and alone I do not like that at all. It seems that Josh may have had an obsession with Jessie, Mas- Maddie's 11-year-old
0: sister. That's gross, and I don't like it.
1: While he was in her room, allegedly he stole a photo out of a frame of Jessie in her gymnastics uniform at a practice. Ugh! Yeah. Ugh!
0: Gross! Ugh, I don't like it.
1: Uh, the Cliftons were pissed. That they found yeah, this you don't say. uninvited 14-year-old boy in their 11-year-old daughter's room when no one was home, mm-hmm. indicating that he had come in, either broken in or the doors were like trusted neighborhood doors unlocked type situation, right. which if that was the case, I bet they didn't continue having their doors
0: They started locking their damn doors after that, for sure.
1: Um, and so they banned him. From the house and told the girls straight don't interact with him don't talk to him don't hang out with him don't visit with him don't do anything with him he's trouble
0: damn yeah for real
1: the phillips family was also disturbed about what maddie and jesse's parents told them about what josh had done and also instructed him to leave the clifton girls alone and to not go over there don't bother them don't get any in any more trouble leave them alone
0: well, at least his parents were, like, responsible, and they weren't the parents that were like, my kid doesn't do anything wrong. Yeah.
1: I mean, I think that they, it definitely seems like they were a little bit more, like, boys will be boys, sort of, about it, but also, like, you can't just go into somebody's house uninvited. Like, that's right. not going to just get you in trouble, like, that could get you killed. hmm Like, if, if someone didn't recognize who you were, or that you were a kid- or something like that. Like, yep. you're breaking and entering at that point. And it's Florida, we all know, stand your ground. <laughs> there were also, also some allegations of Josh Phillips looking at violent and potentially underaged pornography. Um, like, a 14-year-old looking at porn, okay, not shocking in 1998. No. But violent imagery associated with it, probably not great.
0: <laughs> no, and the... um. The the second part of that was not good either.
1: Yeah, the underaged part. Yeah. Yep. There's a theory also that I've seen floated around that he was upset with the family and wanted to hurt them, or specifically oh. wanted to hurt Jessie, but he couldn't get to her. Cause she was a little bit older. She knew better than to to trust him. But he was able to get to Maddie.
0: So, I'm trying to think of how I want to ask this question. Mm-hmm. Because as soon as I started to talk, I kind of forgot what I wanted to ask. <laughs> oh, so has this kid been, like, interviewed since since this? Yeah. And he's, like, remorseful yeah. or no? Yeah.
1: He basically says, like, from the interviews and stuff that I read, that it was completely wrong of him to do. He's apologized to Maddie's parents. Um, he wants to apologize to them in person, but neither one of them will go meet with him. Which, fair. And he he talks about, he understands, like, if I hadn't have done this, she would probably still be here, and it's 100% my fault and my responsibility that she is not here. He recognizes that what he did was wrong.
0: Interesting. Okay.
1: Um, so, yeah, so, in, uh, Josh's conviction has been through the appeals process, and in 2002, an appeals court upheld... His original conviction. oh good.
0: well and see it's like this is so this is I get so torn on these kid cases because it's like right do you like the, you you beat a girl to death with a baseball bat should you be re released and then now stabbed a- her yeah and then had and an, an opportunity
1: throat. to save her and didn't
0: and chose not to because he didn't want to get in trouble
1: yeah
0: do you really want that person walking the streets mm? but also you're a child you cannot make. You're not even allowed to rent a car until you're 25. Can you really make decent choices at that age? I don't know. I don't know what the answer is. In
1: 2004, Melissa Phillips began seeking a new trial, believing that his age at the time of the murder needed to be taken into account. In 2005, a new hearing was set with the goal of reducing the charge to second-degree murder so Josh might be eligible for parole someday. In 2012... The U.S. Supreme Court ruled that sentencing juveniles to a mandatory life sentence in prison without parole is unconstitutional. When Joshua was asked why he did it, he didn't really have a solid answer for taking the life of such a young girl, but it came out that his father had been abusive and an alcoholic and he was afraid of his father's temper.
0: Oh, damn. Okay. Well, that kind of dangerous things a little bit maybe. Not really.
1: Um, a neurolog- uh, and also, so in the appeals process is one of the people who has been at almost every one of his appeals to advocate for him to stay in jail is Jesse Clifton, Maddie's, oh, Maddie's older sister, because she is concerned that she was the primary target of him and is afraid yeah. that if he ever gets out, she is on his list. Like, she is afraid of her, afraid for her life if he is ever allowed out of prison.
0: Interesting. Hmm. Um,
1: sorry?
0: Uh, No, I just, I guess that makes sense, but I don't know how long a kid in prison would hold a a grudge or like that. Well,
1: if she's also been the one going and talking at all of his appeals cases being like, no, he's a fucking monster. He needs to stay in jail. Right. That could also sour your uh, feelings on someone. That's true. So a neurologist was hired by the defense um, to just take a look at his noggin and discovered that he has lesions on the bilateral frontal lobe of his brain, which is said to have connections to both panic and impaired judgment.
0: Well, shit. And
1: they're not sure. I couldn't find anything about him sustaining a head injury or anything to, like, have caused those injuries. So it might just be something that uh, like a deformity or a malfunction with his brain mm-hmm. that it was just not developed 100% in that area Yeah. Um, but at a new sentencing in 2017 the judge upheld Josh's life sentence and his appeal in 2020 was also denied.
0: Tell me more about that Supreme Court thing though.
1: Um I don't have any more detail on that. And write that
0: down Oh okay.
1: I can look into it while you're talking though.
0: Well I really didn't like that
1: Oh wait, that was actually really quick. Um it's the case of Miller versus Alabama. Okay. So just reading from Wikipedia.
0: Read it. Um
1: Miller versus Alabama in two thousand twelve was a United States Supreme Court case which held that mandatory sentences of life without the possibi- possibility of parole are unconstitutional for juvenile offenders. The ruling applied even to those persons who had committed a murder as a juvenile, extending beyond Graham versus Florida, which had ruled juvenile life without parole sentences unconstitutional for crimes excluding murder. Ah, so it looks like there were two cases. It was Jackson versus Hobbs and Miller versus Alabama that resulted in, uh, in one case that came before the court. Control Jackson was 14 on November 18th 1999, and he and two- Oh my god, was this the plot to Monster? <laughs> no, it was a really good, a really good, like, young adult book, I remember. Uh, but, yeah, so Control Jackson, in four- who was 14, in November 18th, 1999, he and two other teenagers went to a video store in Arkansas planning to rob it. He stayed outside, and one of the youths pulled a gun and killed the store clerk. Jackson had waited outside the store for a time, but entered shortly before Derek Shields shot the store clerk. There is a debate as to whether he told the clerk, We ain't playing, or whether he said to his accomplices, I thought you all was playing. Jackson was not the shooter. Jackson was charged as an adult and given a life term with no parole. Hmm. In the case of Evan Miller, a 14-year-old from Alabama, he was convicted on July 15, 2003, after he and another boy set fire to a trailer where they had bought drugs from a neighbor. Miller committed homicide in the act of robbing the neighbor, Cole Cannon. uh, The neighbor Cole Cannon. Cannon had fallen asleep after he, Miller, and Miller's friend Colby Smith had indulged in alcohol and marijuana. Cannon awoke as Miller was replacing Cannon's wallet and Smith hit Cannon with a baseball bat. Wow! Miller took up the bat and proceeded to severely beat Cannon. Smith and Miller later returned to destroy the evidence of what they had done by setting fire to Cannon's trailer. Cannon died of severe injuries and smoke inhalation. On October 20th, 2006, Miller was given a life term with no parole, while Smith received a life sentence with parole on October 27th, 2006 judge elena kagan wrote for the majority of the court quote the mandatory life without parole for those under the age of 18 at the crime of, at the time of their crime violates the eighth amendment's prohibition on cruel and unusual punishments hmm so this guy
0: that's not like retroactive for him
1: uh the supreme Maybe. court determined that miller versus alabama must be applied retroactively the petitioner Henry Montgomery had been in prison since 1963 for a murder he committed at the age of 17.
0: Wow. The court
1: said that the court said that states could undertake resentencing or offer parole to inmates sentenced to life as minors. Up to 2300 cases nationwide were estimated to be affected by this ruling. So it sounds like while it's a thing it's up to the states to decide if they resentence or not.
0: Oh. See from what I that sounds like to me, like you either resentence and you say, okay, you have life, but you'll get parole in this long, or you say, okay, you've been here for a really fucking long time, you can have parole. They res well, but
1: they did take him back to court in two thousand five. A new hearing was set with the goal of reducing the charge uh, to second degree, and it wasn't upheld. It a new sentencing in twenty seventeen. The judge upheld Josh's life sentence gotcha so they still see him as being a danger and i mean josh for what it's worth has done a good a good deal in prison as well he got his ged finished school um he became a paralegal and he's helping um other other inmates with their appeals processes
0: that's interesting
1: so i mean it's hard to tell like it's hard to determine <clears throat> if he was just like a tremendously scared kid right or you know is he actually a monster so he definitely was having some problems
0: i mean you can be both yeah me i mean you watch somebody who is abusive you know your whole life and that's just how things are we talked about this on that you know a couple episodes ago when you see that and it's normal you become a monster and you can still be afraid of the other monster
1: yeah I don't know yeah, it's one I struggle with because I I don't I can't put my my head in that headspace. Yeah, of exactly. like being so afraid of like even even like a beating or whatever because like I hurt a neighbor kid. Yeah. Like I can't put myself in the headspace for my reaction to be like better murder them. <laughs> instead, yeah,
0: I that I don't think that exists in a neurotypical person. Yeah. Um, In the way that it would in somebody who has lesions on their frontal lobe, perhaps. Yeah.
1: Yeah, that's what I thought was really interesting. Because that's such a common thing throughout, like, you know. Gacy
0: had a bunch of brain damage, didn't he? Who? Gacy? John Wayne Gacy. Oh,
1: yeah. Oh, yeah. He was just, like, walking brain damage. (laughs) He got hit in the head so many... He got hit in the head one time and he was unconscious for, like, a week. He had brain damage, um... There's a belief that Ted Bundy had brain damage. Uh, Richard Ramirez suffered head trauma. Albert Fish suffered head trauma.
0: Albert Fish is so fucking weird. Yeah, weak.
1: You right. <laughs> <laughs> What's his... Ed Kemper suffered head trauma. I mean, it's...
0: it's. Oh, Ed Kemper kind of makes me sad, though. Because I... And then he also He didn't not. actually... I feel like he was just a really sad really insane old person
1: no you're thinking ed gein oh i
0: am thinking ed yeah gein. Fuck I,
1: ed I do i do sympathize more with ed gein but ed yeah. gein got to just like go to an insane asylum and live his life
0: and and just chill Yeah.
1: <laughs> but yeah uh ed kemper i also have some sympathy for him but yeah he is super fucked up he was the one who like yeah. decapitated his mom and fucked her head yeah
0: like. yeah, yeah. I, remember, I remember that story now yeah <laughs> Ed Gein was the nipple belt. Yeah,
1: Ed Gein was the... Okay.
0: Well, I really didn't like that. It was fascinating. Do you want to hear my thing? Yeah. <laughs> it's short and it's... Not sweet. It's not too bad. <laughs> it's not too bad. Uh, I do need to get something prepared for this moment, though. So, uh, hold on. Just a hot second. Okay. Uh, There's a there's a thing you need to see when the time comes. Okay. So, uh, Rosalia lombardo is uh, the topic of my story today she was born on december 13th 1918 uh, and she lived in uh palermo sicily which is in italy for those of you who don't know where sicily is um and her parents were maria and mario lombardo
1: sicily is the the little island that's getting kicked by the boot right
0: yeah yeah picture it sicily 1918
1: the lombardo family
0: (laughs) there was a beautiful little girl (laughs) unfortunately on december 6th of 1920 she died just before her second birthday um some speculate that she had been sickly since she was born but that sort of information is kind of just lost to time uh there's there's no evidence of that Um, but this was the result of pneumonia that she had contracted as a result of the spanish flu epidemic if they had just worn their goddamn masks.
1: <laughs> it's crazy, though, when you look at it, like, there there have been advertisements and stuff that have come out during COVID that are mm-hmm. just like, no, the same mandates and requests came out in 1918 and mm-hmm. around that, uh, eight, 1918, 1920, to that influenza outbreak, where it's like, yep. don't congregate, wear cloth yep. over your face, stay home. <laughs> <laughs> like
0: uh i was seeing uh i saw an advertisement not too long ago for uh how people reacted to seat belts
1: uh-huh.
0: and it was the same thing it was like you can't tell me i have to wear a seat belt. and i was like jesus christ <laughs> anyway <laughs> her father mario lombardo was so devastated by the death of his beautiful little girl that he asked alfredo salavina a renowned self-taught chemist Taxidermist and embalmist oh slash embalmer uh, to preserve her remains.
1: I wouldn't yeah, please taxidermist to take my child. Yep. So uh, <laughs>
0: 1918
1: was a different time. It
0: was a What a time to be alive! <laughs> <laughs> what a time to be a taxidermist. <laughs> so Salafina, Salafia, sorry, had been gaining a lot of recognition in the field of human embalming. Similar to our friend Carl Tanzler last week, he had no sort of he he had no business doing this he had no background yes thank you uh he had never gone to medical school but uh he was still at the forefront of modern embalming uh, bridging the gap between the old and new techniques um he created something he called the quote new and special method for the preservation of an entire human cadaver in a permanently fresh state which is a mouthful yeah
1: sounds like a thesis statement
0: i like i like to think of him as the mr crab mr krabs of the mortuary arts (laughs) okay (laughs) his secret ingredients uh Uh, so he'd perfect he perfected this method on animals and then practiced his methods on unclaimed bodies in the palermo morgues before he began selling his special secret formula to the members of the public
1: i mean at least he wasn't Um, like murdering people to experiment
0: and see if it worked so i
1: guess like you know (laughs)
0: <laughs> uh, so his method was based on an injection of chemicals focusing on um, the aesthetics of the dead. He embalmed hundreds of bodies before his death in 1933, including Italian statesman Francesco Crispi. I just love his last name, Crispi. Uh, <laughs> Senator Giacomo uh, Armo, the ethnog- <clears> ethnographer Giuseppe Pitre, and the Count du Franc Villa. And also, oh, he also uh, embalmed the Cardinal Michelangelo Celcia, uh, or Celesia I don't know if I said that right. Uh, but many commented on the way he looked and said, it kind of just looks like the Cardinal went to sleep.
1: So some linen shit up in here.
0: Oh, hell yeah. So I would say this is better than linen. Oh, wow. Because, because I'm going to show you, what I was pulling up was a picture of Rosalia I'm going to show you. And uh, what you see from her from 1920 to today has had no weekly baths no like she is just preserved the way she was
1: she's not in a a wetsuit
0: no she's not in a inside out wetsuit uh so by 1910 he was selling his formula to american morticians and gave demonstrations at new york's uh, eclectic medical college and by the 1920s largely due to his secrecy with his methods uh americans were like We're going to move on now. And he came back to Palermo just in time to help out the Lombardo family. Rosalia is thought to be his crowning achievement. Her body is still remarkably intact. While it was thought that Salafia took his secret formula to the grave, a few handwritten sheets were discovered in 2007 uh, in the possession of a living relative and recently studied by biological anthropologists from the Institute for Mummies and the Iceman, um, Dario... (laughs) (laughs) Sounds like your dream job. I know, right? Dario Piobino Mascali is his name. Uh, These notes included not only the procedure for the embalming itself, but also the secret embalming fluid recipe. The formula used on Rosalia contains one part glycerin, one part formalin saturated with zinc sulfate and zinc chloride, one part alcohol solution uh, saturated with salicylic acid. The zinc salts Provide the means to make a body rigid, um, which will be important as I go in to describe what you'll see later. And the glycerin helps uh, to keep her from drying out too much. The salicylic acid helps prevent um, the buildup of fungus in the corpse. Uh, So he would also use paraffin wax dissolved with ether to keep the face in shape. Like he would inject it with a gravity injector to keep the face looking round. An MRI done uh, on Rosalia in 2009 showed that all of her organs are still in place, and Salafia had simply drained her blood and replaced it with a special embalming fluid. Hmm. Her brain is actually still intact, although it has been shrunken to about 50% of the size because of the uh, embalming process. She is one of the last bodies to have been displayed at the Capuchin Catacombs in Palermo, which houses over 8,000 thousand mummies, where she still rests inside a glass coffin for viewing. According to the National Geographic, mummification in Sicily usually meant stowing a body in a uh, ventilated chamber, draining it of bodily fluids, and stuffing it with straw or bay leaves to preserve its shape and combat the stink of death. Months later, it would be washed with vinegar, dressed in its Sunday best, and laid in a coffin or hung on a wall. Generally, you're laid in a coffin until your family stops paying your, your lease space in the catacombs. And then they just hang you out. And they're like, all right, you hang up there until your family starts paying again. That's kind of how it goes. <laughs> Which, it's, it's so funny. Like, as an American, it's so bizarre to think of that. But literally, in most of the world, uh, like the Western world, you you lease a spot for your loved one's body. Yeah, no, that's then, not
1: the part that is getting me. It's the, like, no, you hanging, up, hanging them up. Because I, I just, I'm.
0: They're literally hanging on the walls. In my
1: brain, I'm imagining that one character from Beetlejuice that was hit by a car, and so he was like flat, and he just like goes between the offices at Juno's office, (laughs) just like hanging up like clothespins (laughs) on it, zip line. Oh
0: man, I'm trying to pull up a picture to show you the hanging bodies.
1: That seems like a dangerous search term.
0: (laughs) No, it's all right. Uh, okay and i'm gonna show you right now oh they're literally just hanging on the wall anyway so yes so the
1: ones that are behind the coffins they're like like, artificial little desks
0: yeah aren't they they look cute (laughs) but now those guys all basically look like skeletons now right yeah for most part so rosalia looks like a million bucks compared to this this lot her neighbors they're all jealous (laughs) which is perhaps why she is called the sleeping beauty of these catacombs and uh some even go so far as to call her the most beautiful mummy in the world uh i know nobody else will see this unless they're going on our social media but i'm going to show you the picture of miss rosalia right now Oof, that, was loud. that was loud oh wow so what you are seeing <laughs> uh she looks so well preserved it's quite frankly a little spooky yeah Her cheeks are plump. Her golden hair is tied up perfectly with a silk ribbon around it. Uh, Her eyes and nose aren't sunken in at all. It genuinely just looks like somebody put a really dusty kid down for a nap. I'm also really
1: impressed that, like, the ribbon and stuff is in such good shape. Oh, yeah.
0: Well, after the 2009 MRI, it was noticed that her skin is starting to discolor. And so some signs of like a white fuzz on her face. And they don't think it's mold uh, because she has been, you know, so well taken care of, but perhaps that the sunlight that's been coming in through the window has bleached some of her hair. Oh, yeah. Um, so uh, she is now, she's since then uh, been moved. Her glass coffin it has been moved to a drier area in the catacombs and then also placed inside of hermetically sealed case with nitrogen gas to prevent further decay. This isn't that creepy. You might be saying, but wait! Oh, I have to get to the best part. So, because of this Sleeping Beauty and the fact that she's so well preserved, people go in mass to see her. Um, there's been some sort of folklore that's popped up around her uh, in the hundred years since her death. Now, the coolest part about this: Rosalia's eyes open and close. Nope,
1: hard pass. yep No thanks.
0: Yep. Yep i'm gonna send you a video oh god
1: damn it why is there a video
0: <laughs> don't don't have the sound on for that and it starts at like 15 seconds i think
1: oh so quick oh that's fine i'm just
0: gonna tell me when you see it oh hell no <laughs> right Not spooky oh hell no so her eyes open and close or at least they look like they do So there's some speculation on why exactly this happens. Uh, Some people think it is the shifting temperature and humidity, particularly that hot and humid days. I'm laughing right now because I accidentally wrote hot and hummus days. (laughs) (laughs) Hot and humid days uh, can cause the eyes of the mummy to swell and open. And that when it's cooler and darker and uh, drier, they shrink back and the eyes look closed. Um others uh the curator from the the catacombs actually says it's a play of light and it's an optical illusion. Her eyes have never been fully closed and you can actually still see the color of her blue irises through her eyelashes. Hmm. Um because her eyes have just never been fully closed. Um and that's like the scientific boring reason others say
1: it's haunted. Well, yeah.
0: And that for, for some horrifying reason, people want to believe that she's, like, still conscious or, like, living in that vessel. And I'm like, why would you Why would you want that for her?
1: Love that That's for so her. wrong.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh, and also, this is a side note just for you. For all my wee-woos out there, I did read that while it's not confirmed, the Fullmetal Alchemist character Rosalie Hembergung may have been inspired by Rosalia Lombardo. I haven't watched the whole series, so I don't know that that's what they say. That's a little tip from me to you. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Rosalina Lombardo. Creepy kid.
1: Also sounded like you said, for all my wee-woos out there.
0: My wee-boos. <laughs> my weeaboos. Weebs. But I am... Otakos. Oh, Otakos.
1: I am considering that calling our fans our wee-woos is kind of a funny idea. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I like calling them creeps, but yeah, wee-woos. <laughs>
1: Well, thanks for joining us today as we discuss the terrible and chilling cases of twisted youth. Well, in my case, twisted youth. In your case, just unfortunate dead child.
0: And creepy eyeballs.
1: Uh, for next week, our prompt is Dirty Clergy. Love it. We also hope that you'll reach out to us with your own experiences. We want your stories, your questions, and your feedback. Send us an email at strangeunusualpodcasts at gmail.com. We just ask that if you're sending a story, we ask that you put listener's story. Wow, I said, list- we just asked twice. Uh, <laughs> please put-
0: I didn't do this one.
1: <laughs> please put listener's story in the subject line so we can sort through those a little more easily. Do you have any mummies in your family?
0: Do you have any bodies hidden under your waterbed?
1: Please. I don't want to know. I don't either.
0: Just call the cops. Yeah, just
1: call the cops. Also, like, what a hard position to be in as a mom to have to, like, call the cops on your own son. For real. That has to be so hard. Yeah. And I saw a statement, briefly speaking about that, that um, she said it it was hard for her to do that, but she knew that, like, while he was her baby, this was another person's baby.
0: Yeah. I I feel like a mom probably can sense, like, hey, if this was my kid, I'd want somebody to call the cops. Yeah. Yeah.
1: And, like, how are you gonna... You can't hide that forever. Eventually, someone's gonna find
0: out. Yep. Although apparently he just fucking doesn't exist. Yep. Anyway, you can also find us on Instagram at strange underscore unusual underscore podcast or in our personal accounts, Roya Rampage and Calamity Casey, where we post the weird shit in our personal lives. You can find us on Twitter at underscore strange unusual at Calamity Casey and at Roya Rampage. We're on Facebook. Search for the Strange Unusual Podcast. And we are now streaming, so you can check us out at twitch.tv slash calamity casey and twitch.tv slash royal rampage. I should be getting back on that now that I'm on days, and hopefully after these two games I'll definitely be better about that. <laughs> the two games I'm playing are uh Midnight World on twitch.tv slash gaming at 8 p.m. Eastern Time on Thursday nights and uh Dark Ages, uh, Vampire the Masquerade Dark Ages. Also, Gehenna Gaming at 8:30 Eastern on Friday nights. Uh, but don't forget, we are on Patreon. Uh, if you'd like to join us over there, it's Patreon.com/StrangeUnusual, and we will have bonus episodes and polls and shit. It's gonna maybe take a little bit of a turn now that we're doing kind of different episodes, but we'll figure it out, and it'll still be fun for everybody. You can join our Discord and post shit memes with us, dank dank ass memes. <laughs> Um, But we do understand that right now, times are tough. It's a little stinky out there. And so if you can't afford us, afford us, (laughs) if you (laughs) You can't afford afford us financially, (laughs) if you can't afford to support us financially, we would just love, love, love love if you could rate, review, subscribe, share with your friends. Uh, If you have any positive feedback, like I said, we love that. And uh, yeah, five star reviews get to be read out loud. If you give us your consent, because consent is important. I say it every time.
1: And I say- and it, I
0: really mean it after last week's episode.
1: And I say every time that if you don't want me to read it on air, you have to put it in there that you don't want me to read it on air.
0: Yes. And- But we have no new ones we'll, right now. We will read it, if it's mean, as long as it's got five stars. you'd yep. be like, We don't care.
1: These dumb bitches- shit should talk us all you these want. These dumb bitches don't know what they're talking about. Five stars.
0: Yep. Five stars. These bitches suck and we hate them. Five stars
1: <laughs> there's nothing you can say that's meaner to us than what we say to ourselves we say to ourselves <laughs> hooray
0: <laughs> coping
1: mechanisms <laughs> all right well bye uh,
0: bye <laughs>